What is up, guys? My name is Jake First Evan M. Tilk, and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Attack for Lethal podcast. I know, I know, I know we haven't been around for, I don't know, however long, like three or four months, but we're back, baby, and we are better than ever. And I'd like to introduce my co-host, Mr. Matt Bamonte. Matt, where have you been, dude? So I've been locked in a dungeon for a long time, and Jake finally freed me, and I was able to go to SCG Cincinnati. And then Jake top aided, so now he's super rich. Um, he split the money with his teammates. Now that Jake's super rich, we actually have enough money to afford to do the podcast again. So here we are. Yeah, I'm absolutely loaded. And uh, the reason I couldn't <laughs> let you out of those shackles for a few months, dude, is because like I ate the key and then I kind of lost in the sewers, dude. Yeah, I mean that kind of thing happens. Like it's it's totally fine. I'm, I'm just I'm just happy that your other teammates were able to carry you to uh, some cash. Yeah, but he like get me in an escape mission, hire some people to get me out, and you know we're back. It's fine. Everything's fine. In some other news, I've heard that you've actually uh, took taken up token taken up streaming full time. Yeah, so uh, Magic's getting pretty popular, obviously nowadays. Um, and then I've kind of been able to take like a little bit of a step back from my quote real life job um, and still get the same work done and things like that. Um, so now I stream from. 4 p.m., we call it cornfield time, which is central time. We I stream from 4 till 8, Monday through Friday. Um, and my schedule is always on my Twitter and things like that. So you can come catch me and check me out. I'm always playing best of three standard, which might be a little weird if you watch the Mythic Invitational. But uh, I do best of three, grinding up the ladder. Actually, some good news too, Jake. I was in the top 1,000 uh, this season. So I'm invited to the uh, tournament that's in a couple months. They don't have a date, of course, but uh, we'll look forward to it. Oh, man, you're going to crush it, dude. You know, I should have actually tried. I didn't try. I kind of took a step back. I've been a little busy with school, but, uh, you know, it's just the direction I kind of took in life. But we're still hitting these tournaments pretty hard. Uh, apparently, I'm really rich now because yeah. I'm traveling to these Love events. It. And I'd actually uh, like to give a big shout out to my sponsor. I'm actually on a new team, so I'm no longer associated with Mom's Basement Games. I'm now associated with RIW Hobbies and Games. And uh, RIW Hobbies is great. They're, they're based out of Michigan, so go check them out. I can uh, put the link down in the description below. And um, we actually have some huge news for the podcast here. And um, that huge news is we are bringing on an additional person. And I would like to introduce the Attack for Lethal podcast to Miss Mary. Mary, how are you doing? Hi, I'm pretty good. Thanks for the introduction. A um, little bio about myself is what I'm supposed to give right now. And I'm really bad at doing things on the spot. From Ohio, live in California now. Three facts about me. Uh, I love cupcakes. Like, a lot of people have pictures of me eating cupcakes, like a whole cupcake in one bite. That is things that I do. I don't know why I do it, but I love cupcakes. It is a skill. What's your favorite flavor, though? My favorite flavor of cupcake? Um, So, in Iowa, there's a cupcake place called... I don't even the know. The cupcake place, I think, is the name of it. <laughs> the cupcakery. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, and they have a dirt cup cupcake, and that's my favorite. Like, if you remember dirt cups from yeah. back in the day. Yeah. My, my question for you is who goes to Iowa to get cupcakes? Uh, me, I guess. It's called Scratch. The place is called Scratch. Hey, I, I try every time I travel to a city, I try to have a cupcake from. You know, like a local place, not a chain. So no sprinkles for me. Wow. So another fact, everything I own, I try to buy in rose gold. I'm obsessed with it. I used to hate the color pink. And then rose gold came along, which is a mix between gold and copper. 
And now everything I own is this color. It's pretty stupid. And lay on number f- number three. Lay it on us. Uh, I collect stuffed animals, so I have like my entire room. I have a, a corner that's just like piled high of stuffed animals. They're all like kind of memories, like from David Buster's or that my friends have gotten me or stuff like that. And I I can't bear to throw them away. Ha! That wasn't supposed to be a pun, but it was. Ah, oh, nice. What's your uh, What's your favorite one? Oh, my favorite stuffed animal. That's hard. Um, so I have a gigantic Tibbers. So Tibbers is like a League of Legends semi-champion, a champions. Yeah, and it is, right. well, yes, but some people might not know what League of Legends or Annie is. So yeah. um, he's about my height. So he's like five feet and I'm five feet two. Um, so he's my body pillow at night. Oh, wonderful. For those of you out there who don't know, Mary is a huge League of Legends fan. Um, how long have you been playing, Mary? How have I been playing? Uh, it depends on the day. and It depends if I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she I play a lot better streams. when I'm sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I stream almost every day. I'm not streaming today because it's Wednesday because it's the podcast. Sunday is always my drunk stream. So I have a drinking game. I play along with my viewers. It's kind of fun. Do you want to like tell everybody about your like ritual to make sure you don't go to work hungover? I start drinking, I day drink basically. Like I start at noon and then I stop at eight and then I go to sleep always with a water bottle next to me and then, and then go back to sleep and then drink water and go back to sleep and then take some Advil, drink water, go back to sleep. <laughs> Cause like, I know for a fact that if I did that, I would just be done for the count like the next day. Cause I don't drink very much. So like, <laughs> I, I remember I was like asking Mary the other day, I was like, what is your strategy behind this? Cause I gotta know, like, just so like, cause every time I do drink, I'm just incredibly hungover. And I know Matt's got some expertise in this too, because he is the Tito's King. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But yeah, yeah, that's my that's my expertise. I drink water, take an Advil, go back to sleep for like an hour. So like this this thing, like adding Mary to the podcast kind of came about adding. Um and I was like smashed on Saturday at the invita at the uh, invitational at SCG Cincy. Like we left, Trevor and I left, and we went everywhere. Trevor actually fell in a fountain, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, ah, Fountain Square. Yeah, yeah, whatever it's called. That's that may be the place. Uh we we went to a place called Kitties to start. Um and Trevor had Trevor told me that he never had was it Red Bull? He told me he never had no, maybe he never had Tito's or something. One of the two things he never had and I was like, "Well, I need caffeine and I I don't do caffeine typically, so uh, I wanted to stay up kind of later and hang out." So there was this place called Kitties. Um and I had been there previously with like Harlan Fear, uh Kevin Jones like the previous year. So we, we made the trip back to Kitty's this time, and Trevor and I were drinking Tito's and Red Bulls, uh, several. Uh, and then we did some shots, too, of – what do we do shots of? I can't remember. This was this was like a blackout night. So then Trevor's like, well, we got to get to this place. I have dinner with my friends at this this pub. I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's walk over. So we walked over to – you said it was called Fountain Square, Mary? So Fountain Square we walked to, and I was like, oh, my God, we have to get a picture with this fountain. It's like spewing water. This is insane. we got to get a picture. Trevor was like, yeah. Do. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Trevor was like, yeah, we definitely do. And I was like, all right, go sit over there. Like, I'm going to ask someone to, to take my phone and take a picture of us. And as Trevor's walking, I don't think he slipped, but he said he slipped. 
but he totally fell in the fountain, just wasted, just like arm in everything. It was fantastic. And there's a picture to show it, too. Yeah, there's all kinds of pictures on my social media. So that was pretty good. But so I was I was more talking about the hangover that I didn't have on Sunday somehow uh, after drinking a ton until two thirty in the morning. I also walked back, walked back to the hotel at, I don't know, two thirty in the morning and then ate pizza while people were playing legacy in the lobby for some injuries. What was, was really, your strategy? What was my? Str- How did you not have a hangover? I I don't I really truly do not know. I, it's it's a mis. It's a, it's actually a mis. There was no, alcoholics uh, don't get hangovers. So yeah, well I bought two Gatorades. So usually what I do is I'll <laughs> buy two big Gatorades before I uh, like the Friday night of the tournament, and I'll put them in the um in like the, most hotels have like this like a crappy mini fridge, and I put them both in there. And I definitely smashed one when I got back after I harassed everyone in our hotel room, of course. But I smashed one. I think that was probably the kicker. Yeah, you. Oh, correct. that that's it to you, Jake. Stay hydrated. That's how yeah. you don't get hydrated. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Yeah. Take some pills. Go to sleep at like eight oh one because you stopped drinking at eight. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, but I mean electrolytes. It's what drunks crave. I, I regret like not going out with Matt in Cincinnati because he was like blowing up my phone trying to get me to go. I, <laughs> dude, I got smashed. So we went to Kitty's. I'll sum it up real quick. We went to Kitty's. Uh, we got toasted and we went to this pub place and I walked. So here's the story about the pub place. I was supposed to eat dinner there with Trevor and a, a few people. Uh, I did not eat dinner that night, actually, because I walked past and Harlan and Rudy and a few other people were sitting a uh, Nick Prince and a few other people were sitting at a table. I'm like, we're going to uh, the Taco Bell Cantina for Allie Warfield's birthday. And then we're going to the, the barcade. And I was like, well, I can either eat or I could go drink somewhere. What's what's the line here? And I was like, OK, forget it. I'm just going to go. So we went to the Taco Bell Cantina. Then we went to the barcade. And then I Wait, hang waddled. On, you forgot an important part about the Taco Bell Cantina. OK, go for it. They you ran out of rice. Well, they ran they out of rice. They have alcohol. Yeah, yeah. The Taco Bell Cantina. So it's not a normal Taco Bell. They also were out of rice because I thought about. I thought to myself, you know what? You should be an adult and you should get yourself something to eat while you're at this Taco Bell. And but you then could get a margarita there. Yeah, and I was like, all right, cool. I'll get something to eat. And someone was like, everybody yelled like in unison, like six people. They're out of rice, and I was like, well, that's just <laughs> the end of the world. How how could I possibly eat? So I'll just get a drink instead. Actually, Got didn't drink. know people had rice at Taco Bell. Like, if it were a Chipotle, how can you eat without rice? But a Taco Bell, yeah. like, there's things. Yeah, you could get other things. Crunched. Yeah, yeah. I like the cheesy bean and rice burritos. Like my goat being drunk and eating that's got to be really bad. But so then I yeah, so I went there and then I went to the barcade and then I like uh, when I walked into the hotel lobby, uh, they said that I was walking like a penguin. So that was pretty pretty impressive, Mister Penguin. Like the yeah. villain. <laughs> yeah, like I literally just waddled into the place and then was like eating pizza. And uh, I have one quick funny story about the pizza. So we ordered pizza because I called a bunch of people um, like the, the team Tempest uh, MTG was who I stayed with um, that we sponsor. And I said, hey, we need pizza. Like we, I just have to have pizza. And uh, they were like, OK, cool. So they ordered it. And by the time I got back, it had almost shown up. So like five minutes after I got back, it showed up. Um, and there was, there was a ton of people in the lobby, just randoms and the random people were like, that's our pizza. And we're like, no, it's like, got our name on it, dude. Like, that's our pizza. So they made a huge deal about it. And I was like, these, I hate these people. So when we got the pizza, we opened it up and I was like, all right, if anyone doesn't want me to do this, I won't, but I'm going to make a huge deal about how delicious this pizza is. 
even if it sucks. So they open it up and I was eating the pizza so loud and obnoxious. And I know they were pissed because I was just like, this is the most delicious pizza I've ever eaten and all drunk and slurring. And they were just like staring us down. It was fantastic. So Cincinnati is like the area that my family lives in now. And in college, like summers, we would always go back, party with my friends from high school. Now that we were old enough to drink. And one of my favorite things about Cincinnati, and it's the only place that I've ever seen it is you can get a pickle Roni pizza, which is a Pickles and pepperoni okay. on pizza. It's so good. Sounds like <laughs> so a if you're in Cincinnati, try to find it and give it a try. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> pregnant. I wasn't <laughs> pregnant when I had it. It's just great. It's like a drunk food. It's really good. Wow, that's fantastic. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I should have went out with Matt. Uh, just because everyone he, says that and never do. He's always so next like, he was like, I'll buy your drinks. Him and Trevor invited. invited. Oh, here we go, everyone. Him and Trevor <laughs> invite me out every time, saying they're gonna buy my drinks. I just never take it up because I, I, you know, I got a play day too. Like what? What if I'm just right. like show up, you know, hungover and I can't play? I can't let all my right. team. Okay, down. we all know you not getting drunk is the reason you top aided. Okay, uh, we I, I agree. But you know, huge <laughs> shout out to my teammates. Uh, Chase Masters and Min Hawk, they were great. Absolutely great. We had a great time in Cincinnati. We had the little top eight performance. Unfortunate, you know, top eight match. Um, uh, came down to game three between me and Mono Red, and I was playing Azorius Aggro, so it's a bad matchup for me. I uh, drew three lands in a row after I stabilized against Mono Red at, like, five life. That was rough beats. But we're going to get them yeah. next time, and I'm really excited to just keep grinding. Maybe head to some more SCG Tour events, because, you know, I honestly, I'm pretty much done with the GP thing. Yeah, I think, I think it's most people's consensus. Before I get told that I don't invite people places again, I want to make sure everyone knows that you have an open invite when I go to Louisville. I don't know how you say it. How do you say it? How are you supposed to say it? Louisville. Someone's someone's gonna just trash Lovell. my Twitter. Yeah, someone's gonna trash my Twitter for my pronunciation. That's totally fine. I encourage oh, you. I'm telling you how to pronounce. How I'm pronounce trying to tell you. Try it again. Louisville. I can't. I can't do it. I just can't. Lovell. I just. I just can't do it. <laughs> Louisville. Whenever I go, I'm gonna go there for the. <laughs> it's like a modern tournament. So. If you ever want to go out, just just the invites there. Just find the dude in the orange jacket and just yeah, I mean, you know where to find me. Bring I'm, a I'm bottle of Tito's and you'll be his yeah. best friend. Yeah. Buy me a drink of Tito's and we're cool. You can find me where find me like hang out with me the whole night. Excuse he might me. even buy you ice cream. You never know. Well, that would be that's lucky. True. That's true. Which is a long-standing joke. It would be better if it were a cupcake, but yep. <laughs> but there's an SCG coming up and you are going to it, right? I'm not. Jake is, right, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I say that with uh, with some enthusiasm because Modern is not my favorite format. I mean, a, a lot of people who know me play know that I play, like, you know, pretty professional Magic, but I'm, like, a standard player, right? I'm standard specialist. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to go to this Modern tournament, and it's a format I've been meaning to get better at for a long time. So I kind of just force myself to go. And, you know, I go with, you know, expectations that I'm going to do my best and have a good time. If not, I'll just play the standard classic because why not? <laughs> I don't I don't really go to many SCGs, but now since I'm starting to ramp it up, I'm pretty excited to go to uh, SCG Cleveland, not only because it's pretty close to me. I live in Michigan, but um, just because, like, SCGs, you know, they're great. So if for this weekend, I'm going to be playing Burn. I've been out of the modern game for a while, so I did try to play some Is It Phoenix. I do own the deck. I have every single card. Um, 
And I o two locals, so I knew it was a bad sign. Like, that's the only place for me to play modern that's not on MTGO. I o two locals with Is a Phoenix. Like, I will have two uh, birds attacking on turn two, and I still find a way to lose. That's how I know it's not the deck for me. Um, yeah. And, and like, well, burn is easy if you're bad at modern, because all you have to do is count by multiples of three. Point and shoot, baby. And, it, you know, it's aggro, so, like, I can do math. I can count to 20, I think. Um, nice. But yeah, so oh, I, they're probably counting to twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're multiples of three for sure. But everyone knows that Is a Phoenix is the best deck in modern, pretty undisputed. Um, but I, I feel like we're going to see a, a pretty big appearance from Dredge this weekend. Yeah, so that's kind of the thing, right? Is is if you're not playing like some faithful, probably doing something wrong. Uh, I play a ton of Dredge, obviously, or I used to at least when I was still playing and not uh, being a washed-up commentator. Uh, I think Dredge is like if if is a Phoenix's deck A uh, or deck one like like Dredge's deck one A. It's it, they're super close. I think is That's it Phoenix. Not pure decks, I think is the best way to say what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think is it Phoenix is just so good against the hate cards. I um, mean, incidentally, gets to play like hate cards in the main deck with surgical extraction and things like that. So I think I think it's just that's why it's the best. It's super hard to attack. I mean, even problem. if you like rest in peace the Phoenix deck, they still have the Crackling Drake, which just gets buffed regardless. Yep. So it's just another way to win the game, even when they you know have to fight through the hate cards. But uh, as far as this top eight's concerned, I I am feeling like there's going to be you know probably two copies of Is It Phoenix, a copy or two of Dredge, a copy of two of Tron, and a copy or two of Amulet Titan. Uh, the rest are probably going to be random decks because that's what Modern does sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Modern does that all the time, it feels like. Uh, I don't, I think my sleeper deck, if I had to ch- randomly, I would play. Um, I'd probably play like Boggles or something like that. Uh, I mean, it's really bad against <clears throat> exactly Thing in the Ice. But I think other than that, it's it's pretty good against... It's definitely good against um, against Dredge. And against anything that's not thing in the ice is pretty good. So, I think no one playing humans anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I think humans is pretty bad against like. Well, it's a little bit better now that that the Phoenix deck has swung away from playing. So in that spot where they played surgical extraction, they used to play gut shot, and then it was unwinnable. You couldn't yeah. possibly win. So maybe it's swung back in their favor a little bit. But I just uh, so if they're not playing gut shot, then maybe humans has a pretty good. Uh, chance this weekend. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could. I know some people have started to like test this. The, have you guys seen like that black green deck? There's like it just it's like jund without red. It's just like oh, hanging out. The rock. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's just basically a bad version of jund, in my opinion. Like, why yeah. would you not play Bloodbraid Elf? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's it's been putting up like some results. It got second place individual modern tournament, I believe, and like five O deck list. And I would not be caught dead playing like something that's super, that fair. Um, I mean, it's in modern, in my opinion, modern in the past day and a half has been just two ships passing in the night. So you want to do your thing while your opponent's doing their thing, and you hope that your thing is just better than what they're doing. So I, I, trying to interact with like Abrupt Decay and Maelstrom Pulse is not where I'm signing up to play modern. Okay, so then I have a question for both of you. I'm going to start with Mary. Mary, what do you think is going to be the sleeper deck that pops out this weekend? Well, I kind of already answered. I the said that. Deck? Yeah, I think someone will bring humans and it will do okay. All right, we're locking you on that answer then. And then okay. Matt, what are you picking, Matt? 
I think Boggles, man. I, I it, it's not one. Put, put a bunch of crap on your Boggle. It's like stupid deck, but I think that deck's actually good. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone do well if there's someone shows up to play it. Sure. I'm with you, Jake. I would have played Bert if I were going to this tournament when I, I used to play Affinity, but now I don't play Affinity anymore for obvious reasons. Uh, now I play Burn. I mean, I think Burn's just always solid. And for somebody who doesn't exactly. like prefer modern, like who knows how to play magic well, I think it's a good choice. I've always had like pretty good results with it. Um, yeah. The deck that I'm going to choose as the breakout deck this weekend is going to be. It's probably. I got, you know, I got to I got to go with. Uh, Titan Shift. I think there's going to be a Titan Shift deck that uh, puts up some results this weekend because we haven't seen that in a second. Okay. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Interesting. I mean, because everybody's on, uh, everyone's on Amulet Titan now, so. Yeah. I think if my problem with Amulet is just you have to work so hard for your wins. Like, your brain goes oh. to, like, play that deck. It's it's fine. It's a very good and, like, medium plus like power level. It's just, like, right? Like, yeah. Lantern's unplayable. And I thought like, <laughs> when yeah, Lantern was one of the best decks in the format, tried to pilot it because you just yeah. have to hard every single round and then you have to play like 10 rounds. Yeah. So I have the same problem with Amulet. So now that, you know, we're going to clean up on Cleveland, I'm pretty upset that you guys aren't going, but I guess I'm just going to rock this one <laughs> solo. Um, how do you guys feel about... I know you guys both watched the Mythic Invitational last weekend, and you. I feel like you loved it, but I want to know I want to know some more about this. Tell me about it. Loved it is... Uh, there were good and bad parts about it, uh, for sure. So, one of the main... Are everyone, if you've been paying attention to Twitter at all, people are talking about best of ones and how the format was best of ones. So, that's kind of where I want to start with it. Um, Because that's not the competitive magic scene, but I do think that best of one was easier to watch for the viewer. Like if the point is to get more people to engage and watch magic, the gathering, and they never played magic in their lives, but they were used to Hearthstone or something like that. Then best of one is definitely a better transitional format and it of people who watched it i think you know it was 122,000 at some point or something it was like right below league of legends so number two watch game on twitch like that's why they chose best of one and in that way best of one was really effective even though for true magic fans it was disappointing sure but you know they're, they're using this to garner new fans bring them bring them in it's all marketing right and it was smart marketing. Like they made a lot of smart marketing decisions that weekend. So best of one, I think that was a good decision. Bringing in a floor interview. Becca did a great job. She was so, and I've ne- they've never for the pro tour had a commentator that's been that energetic and it was great watching. Yeah. To kind of build on your points. I think, I think I posted on my Twitter that Becca's, the best edition they made. And um, I always talk about how magic players are just kind of like drill, especially the pro players are super boring, man. They're just like dry. They don't have any personality. It's like, it's like pulling teeth to get them to say, talk about like life, right? Like they want to talk about like, as for me, I've interacted with a ton of these people like out in the wild, basically. Right. So 
you're at a tournament. You're like, hey, how's your day going? Like, what's new in life? Oh, I just played this modern match. And I'm like, why well, didn't I ask about that? I didn't ask about magic. I want to know about like you as a human yeah, being. Yeah. And, and I think like the normal thing for magic players to do in general, unless you're like an atypical personality, kind of like the three of us probably are, is they always talk about magic first, magic first, magic first. And I think Becca's really great thing is she's full of energy. She could, she might care less about magic. She cares more like the of the game. Like, Oh my God, you just won. Like you're how do you games. Feel? Yeah. 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 I don't love, how do you feel as a question, but I do love that she tries to like get some raw emotion out of the players instead uh, of yeah. like, yeah. yeah instead of like passion out of them. Yeah. Instead of like, well, your sideboard card was really good. That game. That's so <laughs> boring to me. Like we've heard that question a million gajillion times. Also, and- that's what the, the play by play. So, my I, my favorite addition to the coverage team was Dave Williams. Becca was my second. Um, you know, what the play by, they're talking about the sideboard decisions, even though Best of One doesn't really have a sideboard, except for Master due to have one, which is a little complicated. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the play by plays are talking about those decisions, those. Uh, cards, the things that made a big impact. The floor interview doesn't need to do that. And so having Becca to floor interview instead of someone who's familiar with the game of magic was probably a better decision because she got to talk about motion instead of talking about the cards. Yeah, I thought it was really great. Uh, on your on your other point about the best, most people's like view is kind of flawed on best of one because I think everyone wants it to be like they wanted this mythic invitational for a million bucks to be like this true display of skill. And like, while it still was a display of skill, I think the format in general is just a marketing opportunity to showcase the game. It's not to showcase like best of three, who's the better player, blah, blah, blah. Well, well at some point it was, and I don't think Andre Mangucci isn't one of the better players or, or any of those players were not great. That was in the tournament. I just think that people's opinion is flawed in the tournament because they want it to be something that it isn't. It's, it's a marketing opportunity. Uh, if you, if you want to watch like the best of the best play and duke it out for, you know, 20 rounds, like go watch a mythic that's championship. Mythic. Yeah. Exactly. So like that, that's, that's different, you know? And, and I think a lot of times people just aren't used to the change. Uh, we talked about things like the best of one formats. Uh, we'll talk about the shared clock and like sudden victory, sudden death, whatever you, whatever you call it. People's people just aren't used to that. Um, I had a conversation, like a brief one with Daniel Fournier actually at um, Cincinnati. And we talked about how the SCG cuts to top eight at the team tournaments where they used to cut the top four because people complained about it. Cause they were like, well, what's always been cut to top eight. Well, that's fine. But like, but it's a different tournament, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a team tournament. Like, what if the status quo is we cut to the top 32? Are we going to cut to 32 teams every time? I don't think so. And people just don't love the change. And I, I think that's something we got to get over as Magic players, basically. Oh, uh, what did you think were the kind of, like, breakout decks? Or what were your favorite decks? Like, I know everyone watched the Esper Control deck and the Mono Red or the Mono White. Yeah. But, like, other than those, what decks did you enjoy watching the most? So I really liked um, Brittany, uh, aka MTG. Uh, her deck, the the mono green splashing blue deck, innovative. I think um, it's a nice way to leverage some of the good cards in the green. Um, where we also get to keep the blue cards for best of one, especially. Um, I listened to actually, it's funny. I listened to Huey Jensen today. He was streaming, and he talked about the strategic 
points uh, where like the MPL players kind of came up with or his testing team, whatever, um, where you needed to play decks that were polar opposites of each other um, due to the format. So you had to play like some hard control deck on one end and some aggressive as your other deck to, to beat the control deck, right? Um, I think Brittany's deck kind of made them best of both worlds and she was kind of in the middle um, where she had an aggressive slant with the green cards and then was able to beat the cards in her deck as well. So Having um, the negates in her deck, uh, it was just like really big against the control matchup. Yeah, and it's something you always have to respect, right? And I always, I joke about this, especially if, where you play like these one-ups. Like in game one, if you spell pierce someone, they have to play around it for the entirety of the game two and game three. Um, so with public deck lists, such as this format, um, Brittany's deck list is public. So, you know, people know she has negate in her deck. So it's like, well, do I play around negate? When do I time this spell? When do I time that? And she might not even have it. So I think it's a nice edge that she brought. And I thought her deck choice was really cool for the tournament. Yeah, I agree. So one of my favorite decks, although I don't think it was one of the best decks, but something that I would like to play around with on arena was actually pterodactyls for the win. She didn't, I don't think she won any, maybe she won one. Sorry if I'm misremembering. Um, But she played uh, red, green dinosaurs with like rhythm of the wild. She had like three rhythm of the wilds and then it had a bio card does. And then you can tell me what the card is when it comes into play. I mean, if it, once you adapt it, counters on it then you can search up other cards by the same name and it has adapt but the way it worked with like rhythm of the wild was it would get a counter from the rhythm of the wild so as soon as it came into play you could search more of them yeah. up. is it growth kind of like a, is that the card we're talking about i'm talking about growth cha- see you are coming in handy jay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know yeah, every he's, card is yeah, useful <laughs> Yeah, yeah so that was really that interaction was really cool, and she would have won that match if she had just played her other growth chamber guardian and like attacked him with it. Yeah, that deck was kind of cool. I know, like the most recent, uh, what, or do we still call them Grand Prix? So the most oh, recent, the most, uh, most definitely Grand Prix. Magic, magic, fest. Fest. magic Fest. No, magic get that cloudery out of here. It's only Grand so, Prix. At the, at the most recent Magic Fest, oh, um, I, think, I think it was in Kyoto. I, I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe maybe some of our viewers just started playing Magic and they only know it as a Magic. That's fest. true. So let's be polite. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they will always be Grand Prix and Pro Tours, and you can't change my mind. Even though, like, okay, so oh. new players, if you're out there listening, you should also call them Grand Prix and Pro Tours <laughs> instead of uh, what is this like Mythic Mythic, mythic something? Championship yeah, Mythic Championships? No, yeah, Mythic Championships and Magic Fest. That's that's what we're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. At the, uh, their proper names. at the Magic Fest in Kyoto, and I understand that, like, the Japanese and Chinese uh, GPs always have the weirdest decks I've ever seen in my life, which is, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. awesome. But uh, they I had have a completely there was different one, meta, dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had this deck that I've been messing around with had, like, two Rhythm of the Wilds. It had, uh, like, a couple Regisaur Alphas, and it had exactly one Galta in it as well. So I actually, I've been streaming it and I streamed it yesterday, I think. And I had a rhythm of the wild in play and I get to play a Galta for two mana with haste. And it was incredible. It was just the coolest thing I've ever done. I was, oh, you wow. should uh, link the deck list in uh, the comments. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll dig it up and I'll make sure. 
sounds like a lot of fun. Like on Arena, I like messing around with decks. Whereas, you know, on Moto or MTGO, I didn't feel like I got to do that because every game was so expensive, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, you'll just like like, drown yourself in a money pit. It'll be done. Yeah, but on Arena, I just get to play around with these fun decks and I I enjoy that. Um, Another deck that I thought was really interesting was no one else except for... Ketor Gogorski, good. Just to correct. Glogowski or something. I think is how you say uh, it. Uh, Peter? Canister. Canister. Canister MTG on Twitter. <laughs> um, but like no one else brought Mono Blue. He made it all the way to the finals with this deck. And yeah. the, he just made changes to the deck that made sense for best of one. So everyone else was probably testing like the deck that Autumn brought to the Mythic Championship. And they were like, oh, Mono Blue isn't working. Let's let's get rid of it. And it seems like Canister just made adjustments to it and made it work for him. That's a smart move because you know you got to adapt to what you're going to be put through. That's good. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Yeah, so I guess this brings us to our next point, the shared clocks. We could talk about the the real heartbreaker between Jerry Thompson and Wyatt Darby. That was uh, my least favorite match of the entire tournament. Yeah, I actually have an interesting situation that was kind of like that. Um, so we played in pods, so you have to have a winner, right? It has to be a winner. The show doesn't go on. So we got to a game three. I believe it was it was Boggle versus Amulet Titan, um, who was playing. Jose Munoz was playing Boggles, and Peter Tragos was playing Amulet Titan. So time was over. Turns had ended. Um, and what happened was they were shuffling for game three, and our head judge, uh, Max Khan, was like, well, the, here's the rules. It's sudden death. So... Whoever has the first life total change is how it works. Uh, yeah. um, so so if you if you go to 21, you win the game. If your opponent goes to 19, you win the game also. So whatever whatever life total, the first life total modern? change. Is, so Did you say it was modern? Yes, it was Boggles versus Amulet Titan. Okay. So like no fetch lands. No, <laughs> no fetch lands. No shock lands. No um, horizon canopy was the Jose Boggles deck. So... Yeah. These guys had to, these guys mulligan to like very specific hands, right? Because it was <laughs> sudden victory. So um, in Jose's hand, I think he mulliganed his seven because it had Horizon Canopy. Mulligan his six, and his five was like triple fetch land, uh, oh but, but two creatures. And he was like, snap, keep. And I was like, I don't understand. I don't think he knows that those are all fetch lands. <laughs> uh, so like he so Peter Peter Mulligan's to three with Amulet Titan and was like well I guess I'm gonna keep it and I'm like oh Did I don't bolt? know what this could be no no he didn't have bolts so here's what happens so Jose is on the play and he looks at his hand and he goes oh my god I screwed up and okay. I'm just like oh my god this is this is crazy so he draws and he passes and Peter um, Peter draws and he does nothing. And Peter he passes. Could have played his land and just not fetched. Well, it was a bounce. Yeah, he could have. He could have. It just doesn't matter. right? So Peter is Peter like does nothing. Uh, Jose draws and just like plays his land or whatever and does nothing. And then Peter draws a forest and plays the Sakura Tribe Scout. And I was like, this is really happening. And he attacked him for one, and the game ended. So it was like, 
the, it was it was funny because it was like some weird set of rules where it would never that would never be the uh, like the normal thing. So yeah, it's kind of why people were upset with the shared clock slash sudden death at the. Well, uh, I don't care that it was like timed, and I don't really the sudden death is whatever. But the shared clock is what my main problem is because people are it made people make weird decisions like. Is way more important, but no one really called a judge. But I do think maybe there was some slow play yeah. happening. And then, you know, it made people who, like, if it's close to running out and your third deck is, like, you want to play your control deck game three, like, you're going to have to concede game two way sooner. It, you just had to make all these weird decisions that you wouldn't have normally had to make. Yeah. To. Yeah, that's true. It alters your play a bunch. It's it's not the best. I will definitely say that. I just, I don't know how they fix it, I guess. Um, I just think they both should have had their own clocks, like like chess or whatever. You have your own clocks. Like on Magic yeah. Online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Magic Online. I mean, <laughs> but, hey, yeah. at least they did something better than the Mythic. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. It's just a problem with that is <clears throat> I guess they'd have to make them very short also because they're on like weird time constraints. So this doesn't have the same problems. It has more problems than a normal magic tournament has right so at a mythic championship or a grand prix or whatever tournament you're at um the 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 venue is your the venue is theirs they get to do whatever they want they don't there's no rules other than you got to be out on sunday at midnight or whatever. yeah um at, at pax i know this for certain is you have to be out at a certain time so they need to schedule they have a bunch of crap going on behind the scenes too as far as like wrangling players up and getting them ready for the round etc cetera, etc cetera. So they so they have to be on like this tight window. I think so I they guess... could have had more games going on at the same time for the like that because they only had two people playing at the same time. So when it was like sixty four teams or whatever it was, like you had to have a shared clock because you could only have a certain amount of time. But if you had like things going on at the same how many people were in one bracket for if you had all four of those games playing time, then I think the double clock would have worked better. Anyway, it was their first tournament. Yeah. They're going to learn from their mistakes, I'm sure. And the next one. Yeah. There's tons of growing pains that go with it. I mean, they had like random technical audio issues. I mean, that's off site and being somewhere really random, right? Like at somewhere like PAX. Um, I do know yeah. for for like some insider information, um, my commentary co-partner, Brad, <clears throat> we were both going to go to PAX and he ended up still going and, and using Wyatt Darby's pass. Um, I his, saw. And uh, he, he let me know that like speaking of like logistic things and time crunches, they were they built the set. That's that gorgeous set they had. They obviously have to build. That. So they were building that on Tuesday and on Wednesday and they finally finished it on Thursday and Brad told me actually yesterday that like before the doors opened, they were literally frantically like vacuuming the stage to clean up all the garbage that was on there as they completed it on like Thursday, the day of the event. So again, Did it's they, just, it, yeah. like, just not know that they needed soundproof booths. Do you have insider information on that or no? And I don't know if that's a pack thing where you can't have them or what, I mean, 
I did see like one of Kibler's tweets where he was like, yeah, I'll tell everyone, I'll go tell everyone. And there's the army band is here playing. So I don't even know that like, I don't even know that like soundproof boost can solve that per se. Um, Cause I mean, you're going to get some reverb anyways, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a one-off tournament at a giant convention. I think it's good for optics for them to be there. Uh, but if they do it again, they'll, they'll probably make a bunch of adjustments. I mean, I know that Riot used to go to PAX all the time. And once they became so big, they were like, we're not going to deal with the, the PAX nonsense yeah. anymore. We're just going to do our own thing. Yep. Yeah, I think I think Magic's going to so get there. maybe that's route. Yeah, Wizards will take in the future. I mean, yeah. you learn from your mistakes, right? And you never know unless you try. So, got to give them a, a pause for that. Yeah, it's their first foot into esports, right? Like, so even like the big esports don't have it all right. You know, I went to a Counter Strike uh, major in in Columbus. I think it was two or three years ago. Um, and and it's so hard. They had all the guys, all, all the competitors, all ten of them. So they play five on five. They have them all in open areas. They're not in soundproof booths for some strange reason. Um, it was something to do with the venue. They couldn't get them done. But you can tell that players can hear the crowd cheering at certain points, and it's dead giveaway, right? So that's another thing that Magic has to deal with. If someone top decks, I don't know, a lightning bolt or something off the top, and the crowd goes berserk, then it's like, well, how do we stop this? You know. And I think they had white noise so and they had the, the headsets, but... It's hard to fix. What, what Riot does is they have they have their headphones like, and then they have soundproof things on top of their headphones. Yeah, yeah, and I know for at least I know as double headphone. <laughs> when I did competitive stuff for Counter Strike, um, so you always see people have like the earbuds. Um, mm-hmm. The earbuds are like, as far as I'm aware, at least for large earbuds were were um, provided by Valve or whoever the tournament official was. And they pumped white noise through there. Um, and then they also had the soundproof headsets, which was the comms. So there's ways to fix it. I mean, but it's just going to take magic a little while. Cause it's their first tournament first. and they need to figure it out. Yeah. Yep. So um, how about with performance, like how people played, is there anybody that surprised you in the tournament and you thought they did? And I made a bracket. I made a bracket with my friends. Yeah. Four of us. And like, is there anybody that you didn't have going far in your bracket that surprised you? Um, well, I talked about Brittany, MTG Nerd Girls deck. I don't really know. I know she played um as far as I've turned into her stream several times and she's and I've hosted her several times and she, so I didn't really know her standard um like chops, I guess. Uh, she surprised me. Her deck choice was also super unique. So that like that tells me that she spent a lot of time on it um, because most people just like, well, I'm just going to show up with mono white and mono white. Cedric Phillips did. <laughs> no, she and Cedric, Cedric. I think it's a fine choice, um, but she showed up with a unique deck. Um, so she surprised me. And she also, I believe she top 16. Um, and then obviously like Savitz um, making it to the very end. He's got mad chops playing Hearthstone. And I think before we started this, I said Savitz is the, the best player that was at the tournament um, as far as like a technical strategical gameplay, um, like as, as a player, I think if he spent more time on magic, he would be one of the better players in the world. If he's not already. Yeah. yeah you're over here saying that this guy is the best magic player in the I, world. And I, I didn't even know I, this guy plays magic, dude. Like, 
I, I really think that his brain. He, had, he, he has like best. four thousand or something games of arena played. Like they were showing people stats yeah. of how many games of arena they had played prior, like since creating their account, and he had five, if not the highest of arena games played. I was really impressed, and I know we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started. His first few rounds were a little shaky, like uh, he made some misplays, but won anyway. And then in the interviews afterwards, he was upset with himself and he was like, oh, I think I should have done this and I did this wrong. And then you could tell that he mistakes and then played better every day of the tournament. And Savitz isn't somebody that I had going very far because he's a Hearthstone player and he was playing against like an MPL player and MPL players doing better than a lot of them did. And then speech just. Yeah. If you, uh, if you ever turn tune into his stream, if he talks about all of his plays out loud. He's very calculated. Yeah. He's super calculated and, and always describes like, this is the worst case scenario, blah, blah, blah. And I think maybe psyched himself out for the tournament in the beginning and then just like figured it out, you know, but he definitely collected himself and, and showed that he has what it takes to compete with, you know, the best in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's new to the whole magic tournament scene. So like, of course you're going to have some jitters, but you know, uh, impressed by the strong performance. I'm sure he'll come back next time and kill it. Yeah. yeah. And like the MPL players, it's not that, you know, I think that they got outplayed, or anything. I just think maybe they got a little bit out of thought. The yeah, challengers were had a lot more time to play best of ones. You know, they could play best of ones since the tournament was announced, but the MPL players had to prepare for the Mythic Championship, and the the meta is like completely different for that. Yeah, exactly. They had to perform. They had to prepare for the Mythic Championship for whatever Grand Prix they're going to. If they're going to an openly prepare for that, they have all these different things to prepare for. And then you know the other people just get to just practice for one thing because they don't go to all these. Yeah, that's for sure. I think some of it too comes with like, you know, when I show up to like like as part of a hubris, right? Like too. So you're you're the MPL player, biggest people in the game. Uh, I'm not going to speak for them, obviously, because I don't I don't have any evidence of this, but I'll just use my personal experience as this. When I show up to like Friday Night Magic or if I show up to like uh, PPTQ or whatever th- they used to be called, you know, I don't practice. I mean, I felt like I had like a lot of success on like bigger tours and um, I felt like I was probably better just in general than most of the players. Like that that's a fine feeling to have as long as you're not like rubbing it in people's face. I'm better than you, you know, and I think a lot of them might have had that and just maybe not worried so much about it. Like, Oh, it's just magic. I've played this deck in best of three plenty of times. I played this, I played this, um, this Esper control deck at the, the mythic championship. And I went, you know, eight and two or whatever the case is. There's no reason for me to play any differently in a best of one. So maybe that's part of it too. What I, what I wanted to highlight though was like the challengers, like, understood the format and thought about the format. And I thought that that was, that was an interesting to what people expected, like a a welcome shock. Yeah, definitely. They, they, um, not manipulated, but they, they use the format to their advantage. Tell by the choices people 
clear understanding of what was going on and I, and they made different format considerations. And I think you have to metagame to the tournament and to the players. And, and this one, definitely they metagame towards the tournament. So now that we've got that covered, I want to hear about NRG Chicago. So uh, NRG Chicago, what is today? Today is the third. So not this weekend. This weekend is uh, the following weekend. NRG Chicago, we are um, in Palatine, which is just a little bit outside of Chicago. Uh, we're playing Legacy. Uh, is it close to Lombard or the opposite direction? I believe it's close to Lombard. I get all of the suburbs mixed up. I'm just, you know, I get so, so you confused. Just call all the suburbs Chicago. They're all Chicago. Uh, yeah, anything, anything, yeah, anything north of a certain point. There's like a cool meme about it. Anything Chicago, then everything else is just cornfields. That's it. That's all there. <laughs> so, um, so it's it's Legacy. Uh, we don't we play Legacy several times on the. NRG um, <clears throat> on the NRG series. Uh, Brad is actually in Cancun with his wife. I think they leave s- Saturday. Uh, so I'm doing the tournament with Joe Lestat, actually, who is very well versed in Legacy. I'm super excited about uh, the Legacy crowd in the Chicagoland area. I know there was a tournament, there was a 5K in St. Louis, which is several hours south, but still kind of in the general area in the Midwest. Uh, there was like 155 players showed up for it. So I'm expecting some good stuff out of the tournament in Chicago a week, a week and a half from now. Really? When's NRG going to start doing some Michigan stuff again? Well, that's a good question. Um, I can tell you that we're working schedule, but I will not get into any specifics, sir. Okay. So if you were playing, the, are you playing? Or are you no. just helping run it? Okay, so a commentary. Commentary. Yeah. What, um, what would you be playing? So people have been playing this blue red Delver deck for a little bit. I think it's super strong. Uh, I've seen like blue white stone blade. I think what I would play, hmm, I probably play like Grixis Delver. I think, I think that deck's still fine. Um, and I just like having like bitter blossom against Lance has seen a really weird upswing for some strange reason. I like having bitter blossom to block the stupid merit Lage token. Um, and, and I think just the general tools you have are good enough to beat every deck. Stellar, so that's kind of where I'd settle. Okay. Ick to uh, legacy at all? I don't legacy, but I tell you what, if you want a legacy, you should reach out to my boy Min because he is a miracles master and just play miracles. I know, I great. saw, I saw. Yeah, I thought it was really hilarious because I, I have never seen this card um, accumulated knowledge before, and he just kept saying <laughs> AK at this tournament, and I was, I'm like thinking about like AK. I'm just like. Why are we thinking about AK-47s while we're playing Magic, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it was... Miracles impressed me all weekend watching it play. Um, I didn't want to give him any input because it, it was kind of like like that was what was going on. Like, I had my standard thing. He had his legacy thing, and Chase had his modern thing. Um, even though Chase did have some legacy and standard input, which I'm thankful for just because of... Uh, just because the fact that Chase does play every format. So I'm going to go with Miracles. Good spot. Yep. Okay. Well, I guess we're all split because I always play Death and Taxes when I play Legacy. It's uh, okay. it's kind of like it's been a good deck for a very long time. And so I've been playing it for, I don't know, like three years now. And Eternal formats, it's just best to play, in my opinion, unless you're like very good and very familiar, it's best to play with what you're familiar and what you know you can play. 
I have a question for you, Mary, about death and taxes. Yes. <clears throat> Do you like the name death and taxes as an artist? Do you like? Uh, I've never really thought about it before. You know, I hate the old names. I hate Cheerios. I hate Affinity because it's not Affinity anymore. I hate uh, I hate Death and Texas as a name. I hate like I hate those names because they're just not descriptive. Like so, we talked about yeah, Z players. What, what, what would you call Death and Texas? You call like, mono white mono white equipment? I don't know what I would something like that. Probably. That's something, a something terrible like that. name. Why it is give it a lame nickname, bro. Because death and taxes is stupid. It's a fine. Everyone it's funny. knows what it is. Yeah, but okay. death and taxes well, sounds hardcore. Okay, naming it, it mono white not. equipment just makes it sound boring. Well, they, and like, it's like you hard, think maybe. that it's. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I like Thalia Guardian of Thraben is my favorite card. So any deck that plays her, I'm. <sighs> so you're gonna just... play some humans then in modern. Uh, I would have definitely played Chase's deck, the Beldrazian Taxes. <laughs> to piss Matt off somewhere. Matt is just fuming over here. Mono white Eldrazi. Like, that's a fu- it's not mono white Eldrazi, it's black white. Okay, well, it's black white Eldrazi. See, you got it. You- oh, it's Eldrazian Taxes. There's no freaking Taxes. No stupid Taxes. The Taxes are like, like the Thalia getting played. Uh, like- no, tax it, yeah. You get taxed by this, like, black-white Leon, Leon the Arbiter and Campbell Soup. You're talking about Campbell, whatever his name is. Yeah, Campbell taxes you. Leon the Arbiter taxes no, you. There's uh, like taxes drops, all over comes into play and takes a card from their hand. Yeah. Uh, Tide Hollow Scholar. Come on. Yeah. Tide Jake, Hollow Scholar, that's right. Jake, you got to play more tournaments, man, than, like, just the standard, man. You got to get out. Dude, out there. You know, you, you can tell so that I love these decks because you name cards in other decks. I have no idea, but you name them in the the taxes <laughs> taxation. And I, I love I love the surname taxes. Anything in taxes, I love. That's great, fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I feel like we we have a pretty good grasp of uh, what we would play in Legacy. You know, go check out Nerd Rage Games tournament. In the Chicago, whatever, suburban area, since apparently it's not yeah. in Chicago. And uh, we really just want to thank everybody for, you know, listening to our podcast today. We're really, really happy to have Mary aboard. Mary is awesome. Uh, make sure, you know, you guys follow her on Twitter. I'll let her drop her Twitter, you know, at for you. And I'll also put it in the bio here, you know, the description uh, for now. My name is Jake First FNM Tilk. You can follow me on Twitter at First FNM. So that's F I R S T F N M. You can follow Matt as well. Matt, do you want to drop that? Yeah, mine's really hard to find everywhere. Okay, we'll just link that one. It's really difficult to find me everywhere with that same exact name. And uh, yeah, and then Mary, let them know where to find you. My Twitter is at Mary underscore Lauk, L-O-U-K-E. And uh, yeah, we'll have that in the description for you. But anyway, thank you guys for stopping in to the podcast. Let us know, you know, what you thought about us adding another member. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for. Oh, wait, 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 what is it? Jake, Jake, if you win, if you top eight SCG Cleveland again, you have to fly me and Mary out to the next tournament because you're rich. Double rich. <laughs> what are the chances that I, I want that on record. modern tournament? 
a thousand percent not, but I just want to put it out there just in so case. If you do. <laughs> Just in case. You I guys would be shocked. Like, my modern win percentage, I say it's horrible, but it's, like, 65% cumulatively. Like, wow. when I did, the, you know, I have, like, this, Sick whatever, this thing. <laughs> but, like, to me, you got to have a 70 if you're going to top these tournaments. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe this is your weekend to get lucky. We'll see. Yep. We'll see. Go practice. <laughs> I probably won't practice for it. Let's be honest, but we're, we're going to do our best. And, uh, you know, burn just runs through my veins. I'm a red player, so it's going to go great. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for stopping into the podcast. And apparently I had to fly them out. <laughs>